This recording is a production of Faith Builders Educational Programs. This presentation was recorded at REACH 2015, a conservative Anabaptist ministry convention hosted by Faith Builders on March 19 and 20, 2015. I greet you this morning in the precious name of Jesus, the one who has given his life for us, such an example for us in serving. We're gathered here from many ministries, different backgrounds, and different kinds of vision that God has given to us, and it's just such a joy to see this gathering, and my prayer is that we can unite together in honoring the Lord in these days. The subject that has been given to me is the subject of attitudes, attitudes that enable ministry. I've organized my thoughts around a series of questions And the first question I'd like to explore is, why is attitude important? And then I would like to think about what is attitude, but I'd like to focus the majority of our time on what are the attitudes that really enable ministry. In the spring of 1987, that's 28 years ago, I traveled with a seasoned missionary to a foreign mission, and together we taught a group of pastors and teachers for about a week. And uh, we hadn't been there more than a day or so, as I recall, and this uh, missionary friend of mine uh, just made a passing comment about uh, two of the missionaries there. We stayed at the mission compound and interacted with, with uh, two of the missions. I'll call them Dave and and uh, George, but uh, he, he uh, mentioned about the, the difference between these two, and, and I was a little bit puzzled, and, and so then he, he clarified, and, and as I remember, he said something like, uh, with the attitude that Dave has toward uh, the people here, he simply won't be effective. And, I, uh, and then I realized that, that Dave often uh, chuckled uh, condescendingly about uh, the dirty, uh, ignorant uh, people and, and sometimes even made kind of teasing comments to them just to see what they would say. And, and it, it, was a, it was a lesson to me in attitude. George, uh, on the other hand, had, was, was very uh, respectful and compassionate. It didn't matter who he was talking to. Attitudes are important. Uh, a number of years after that, I attended a minister's meeting and I, uh, one of the speakers uh, quoted uh, from uh, Charles Swindoll's book, Strengthening Your Grip, and he had this to say about attitude, and I quote, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, than education, than money. Than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home, and we could add a ministry. The The remarkable thing about attitude is that we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. 
The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it, unquote. Attitude really is important. It can make the difference between our ministry being effective or ineffective. Attitude is often what opens people's hearts to what we have to offer. And God cares about attitude. I was thinking about the Apostle Paul in in his teaching the uh, early believers at Corinth. He was teaching them about how to give. And he, he said it's not just that we give, but it's the attitude in which we give. He said don't give grudgingly or just because you have to because God loves a cheerful giver. Attitude. So what do we mean when we use the word attitude? What do we mean by this term? I'd like to suggest that attitude is it's a characteristic way of thinking and feeling about people or circumstances. Could be about ourselves. Could be about uh, the ministry that God has given to us. But it's, it's this this characteristic way of thinking. So it's, it's more than a passing thought. It's a mindset. It's not just a passing emotion or, or a certain feeling that we have at a particular time, but it's, it's more of a, a, a mindset or, or a mental and emotional posture we have toward life. Attitude can make such a difference in the way people experience us. So I ask you, what is your characteristic way of thinking or feeling about serving others, about the people that you serve, needy people? What's your characteristic way of thinking and feeling about them toward the people you work with, your co-workers? What is your attitude toward those who are over you, the authority figures that God has in your life? What is your characteristic attitude toward difficulty? Your posture, your emotional and mental posture. What about success? What's your characteristic attitude? I'd like to focus now on those attitudes that can enable ministry and I would like to help us uh, think about this by taking us to a familiar scripture, Romans 12. Uh, This whole chapter is about attitude, or about serving, I should say, about ministry, and it reflects attitudes as, as we go through it. In the opening verses, he calls us to present our bodies as sacrifices, as living sacrifices to God. And then, I think it's verse 3 or so, that he says that, that we should not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. We should not be, have this uh, elevated thinking about ourselves. And then he names some of the gifts that God gives us for ministry. Uh, the gift of ruling, the gift of serving, the gift of, of uh, prophecy, of helping others, and gift of mercy. Those kinds of gifts he talks about. But now I want you to uh, uh, listen to the... Uh, the instructions that he gives in ministry, but, but pay attention to the attitudes. It's not just what we do that God cares about, but what our attitude is. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. 
in honor-giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. So you you notice those attitudes. God calls us to minister to others. He calls us to do good, to pray for, to give, to be hospitable, to bless. But he calls us to do this with the right kind of attitudes. Specifically in these verses, we see him honoring and calling for attitudes of kindness and humility and gratefulness, cooperation, goodwill. These attitudes would stand in contrast to attitudes of superiority, thinking we're better than others, or competition, or jealousy, or, or strife, and so on. And I, I will not be reading these passages, but I, I read other passages in the New Testament, Ephesians 4, where it talks about ministering to each other, or, or Philippians 2. And always, it's, this call is to have these particular attitudes when we serve Our attitudes are what can make our ministry so winsome and pure and attractive. I'd like to name six attitudes uh, this morning that enable ministry. The first one is the attitude of humility. And again, we're thinking about a posture, a mental and emotional way of, of uh, conducting our lives. The attitude of humility. When we have the attitude of humility, we are free to serve others. And it doesn't matter who it is. We can value other people and their needs. No act of service is beneath us, is too small for us. When we have an attitude of humility, we don't have to defend ourselves or or try to establish who we are. Uh, I would mention here also that an attitude of humility enables us to receive, to be good receivers, not just good ministers to others. I think humility is such a fundamental attitude when it comes to ministry. Uh, I notice that in the passages, the New Testament passage, almost always it calls us to the attitude of humility. And Jesus was such a wonderful example for us here. We see him willing to serve others. uh, and, And he also, in relating to his disciples, it seemed like he was constantly dealing with their uh, attitude of wanting the best place and, and the superior place. Um, at one point, Jesus just dropped to his knees and began washing their feet to, to just drive home this importance of the attitude, this posture of humility. The Apostle Paul, in, in reflecting on Jesus and his, his um, example, says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. New American Standard translates that, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, and goes on to talk about the, the humility of Jesus and how he, though he was God, he, he served. He came as a servant. He humbled himself. He was obedient in that humility. Humility stands in such contrast to the attitude of superiority. And the, the simple truth is, folks, we cannot minister effectively to people we look down on. 
God calls us to this, this attitude of humility, this posture. Second attitude is the attitude of helpfulness. This stands in contrast to an attitude of grudging ministry, grudging service. With a helpful attitude, we look for opportunities to serve. Serving to us is, is a privilege. We want to make other people's difficulties bearable, uh, that they can actually uh, keep going. We want people to have this sense that we're standing with them. Attitude of helpfulness. We look for ways to ease the burdens of others. A helpful attitude is, is important in, in ministries uh, among fellow workers. We help each other. I would distinguish here, recognize that there is, there is a spiritual gift of help. Some people just seem to be gifted with that ability to help, but all of us can have an attitude of helpfulness, uh, no matter what our gifting is. A number of years ago, <clears throat> Faith Builders was doing a renovation project that called for some brickwork, and in years past, I, was, I uh, worked as a mason, and so they asked if I'd be willing to lay some bricks. Uh, the man who was my helper was an older gentleman, had been a builder for many years, ran a company, building company, and uh, I'm sure that he had not spent a lot of years tending a mason, but he was my helper that day, and he was such a helpful person. He just looked for, every time, at the end of the row, I'd have a glass of water sitting there ready for me if I wanted a drink. Uh, just such a helpful person. But what, what made it so powerful was that this man was the head of a company. He, he's, a, he's an important builder, and, and yet the, just a helpful spirit that he had. Attitude of helpfulness. A third attitude that I'd like to talk about is the attitude of cooperation stands in contrast to the attitude of competition, a competitive attitude. With, with an attitude, a posture, a way of thinking and feeling of cooperating with others, are, we can focus on assisting rather than outdoing other people. We look for how our gifts, how our resources can enable others, can benefit others, enable them to do well. We don't aspire to have the top position or the easiest position, the most visible position. This, this attitude is so crucial for, again, for workers within a ministry. Uh, rivalry among co-workers can just really be confusing to people we minister to if they sense that, that rivalry among us and, and calls, uh, create, yeah, creates confusion. But I'd like to also say that we're gathered here representing many ministries, and as we interact with each other, our tendency can be to compare. Uh, how are we doing? How's our ministry doing in, in comparison to others? And <clears throat> my, my prayer is that as we are together, we, we will have this sense that we want to help each other, bless each other uh, as ministries. We serve the same Lord. We're workers in the same kingdom and need an attitude of cooperation. A fourth attitude is the attitude of kindness. Kindness stands in contrast to a callous attitude. With a kind attitude, we, we feel with the distresses of others. We can listen well with a kind attitude. We can pray with others. We offer words 
that enable others to feel like going on. The scriptures tell us that Jesus was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He let his heart be crushed, grieved, saddened, disappointed, pierced with the sorrows of humanity. Jesus had had a compassionate, kind attitude, posture. And here I'd like to just mention something I... that is difficult to explain, but actually our bodies begin to wear our attitudes. And there are people who have such an attitude, they have practiced the attitude of kindness that it's in their face. They they have kind eyes. And our, our bodies actually learn to wear the attitudes that we have. So it's not something that we put on But kindness, a kind attitude, softens the expression and and just uh, actually shapes who we are. A fifth attitude is an attitude of cheerfulness, an optimistic, uh, in, in contrast to a gloomy attitude or a pessimistic attitude. With a cheerful attitude, we look for ways to alleviate sadness and darkness. We want to spread goodwill. We laugh with people, not at them, but with them. We focus on the potential of others, not on their failures. We look for the good that can come out of difficulties that we face. The proverb says that a cheerful attitude is just is like medicine. It actually is physically good for us. Gives vitality. A sixth attitude is an attitude of gratefulness. This stands in contrast to an attitude of complaint. With a grateful attitude, we see ourselves as richly blessed, undeserving of all the goodness of God. We review the ways that God demonstrates his goodness toward us. We, we literally review those things and tell others about that. We tell others how they have blessed our lives, what we appreciate about them with an attitude of, of gratefulness. Uh, we bless our fellow workers. We bring cheer to the ministry. Uh, I would have told you a story this morning about a, an, a particular man that, that blessed me, but I'm assuming that you folks are involved in ministry and all of you have stories of people who were in difficult circumstances and were, cheer- and, and were grateful in those circumstances. And, and it's when our, when our circumstances are difficult that the attitude of gratefulness is so powerful. It, it's, uh, we realize that it's not dependent just upon the circumstances we have. I'd like to pull this uh, together now by thinking about just a few thoughts on how we can cultivate good attitudes. Um, How do we have these attitudes in ministry? And just a few don'ts, a few things that we should not do if we want to have good attitudes. Uh, First of all, don't expect ministry to be easy. Uh, Paul told Timothy, uh, you should endure hardship as a good servant, a good minister. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. So don't expect ministry to be easy. And don't compare your workload with what others are doing or not doing. Don't look for recognition for your sacrifices. Don't evaluate your ministry primarily by results compared to others. You want a good attitude in ministry. Don't mentally review your successes. 
and don't wallow in your failures. And finally, don't make your ministry the measure of who you are. If you want to have good attitudes, these are some things you don't want to do. I'd like to take us now to Matthew 20. Jesus gives a parable, and it's a sobering parable. Matthew 20 gives a parable of uh, a landowner who went out and hired some servants. And um, these, he hired workers in the morning uh, to work in his fields. A couple of hours later, he went out and hired some more. At noon, he went out and hired still more. At mid-afternoon, he hired some more. And, and then just an hour before quitting time, he went out and hired some more. And then these, uh, at the end of the day, when he paid them, he gave them all a day's wages. And those who, uh, who uh, were hired at the end of the day could hardly believe it. Like, ah, oh, we got a whole day's wages. And those who were hired at the beginning of the day said, what is this? This isn't fair. What is the point of this parable? I think Jesus is responding actually to a question that Peter asked in the previous chapter. And don't have time to talk about the setting, but, but Peter said, Lord, we've left everything and f- to follow you. And what shall we have? What are we going to get out of it? And I understand Jesus' parable actually to be an answer to that question. And he's saying something like this to Peter. If we have the attitude that we for sure want God to give us what we deserve, we will be disappointed in ministry. We'll be, we'll be thinking about the difficulties and about what we're getting out of it and, and we'll resent the difficulties. We'll have attitudes like, well, I'm not going to put myself out for people if, they don't, if they're just going to criticize me or why doesn't anybody notice what I do? I'm doing more than he is. I'm doing more than she is. What's up with that? Those kind of attitudes. If, if our idea is that we want to get what we deserve, what will we get out of this? But the others, I think the, the uh, ones who have the understanding that they are they're recipients of grace, if we have the attitude that God has been merciful to us, that we owe him everything, I think we will be overwhelmed by his grace, by his generosity. So how do we have good attitudes? We need to see ourselves regularly as recipients of grace. We are constantly getting way more good things than we deserve. And if we don't stand there, if we don't live there, it'll be hard to cultivate good attitudes, attitudes of humility, attitudes of kindness and compassion and gratefulness and so on. There's a way of seeing ourselves as deserving getting what we work for, and there is a way of seeing ourselves as recipients of grace, continually, continually experiencing the goodness of God. May God bless you with good attitudes. This recording and many others are available through Christian Learning Resource, the campus bookstore at Faith Builders. Order online at www.christianlearning.org or call 877-222-4769.